and welcome to Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The podcast that is almost over, but we have so many episodes of Gundam Build Divers left. My name is Jeremy. <laughs> I, too, am a lazy developer that created something and then only checks in once an anomaly occurs. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach, and guys, we can't finish Build Divers. Why not? It's getting to me. I, I found myself pricing Gunpla the other day. Ah, Zach, <laughs> wait till we do Build Fighters, a series that's actually good and fun. And shows how fun building Gumpla can be. No, I already have one way too expensive hobby. So, we are watching episode 20 of Gundam Build Divers this week, The Truth. We can't handle it. I recommend you build a Gumpla instead. Probably why you listen to our podcast. What did you guys think of this episode? Like I said, it plot. I mean, it sure was exactly what I expected it to be. So, there's that. I wasn't expecting the bird to secretly be undercover developer, but that was literally the only <laughs> twist in the episode, as I was expecting bird to be evil. I think the best thing that I can think of for how I was feeling about it, summed up by the first comment on Crunchyroll, which is just, Yeah, man, we accidentally created the world's first artificial sentient life form, but it was rough on the server, so we just kind of killed her. I mean, that was definitely my problem the first time through. Uh, now, having played MMOs again, this is absolutely what would happen. I really, I feel like they would find a way to market that. Like, there is no way they just let that slide. I'm sure everybody during the recent pandemic we had heard about the WoW contagion and how it was studied for such an outbreak. The corrupted blood incident, if people are curious as to what exactly it was called. Blizzard denies that happening. Like, they're not like, oh, no, we didn't use science. They're like, yeah, that didn't happen. Like, that's how against oh, that, people that they people studied are. it? No, no, that it happened at all. They're like, we don't want to talk about that. That didn't happen. But that was such a cool, like, unscripted event in the history of, wow, like, yes, what they did to actually have to put the thing back together again was the right thing to do. But don't try and distance yourself from it. It's a cool story looking back on it. I'm just saying if World of Warcraft birthed a sentient waifu, Blizzard would wash their hands of it and delete it immediately. And then charge you for talking about it. Although, yes, first watching this, I was like, you created sentient life. Like, that's a big deal. That's not let's patch this out. That's like has ramifications that you should be discussing the moral implications of. Something you're not equipped for, build divers, but still. But it's more dramatic if they do it this way, so. But is it really? No, they could have told a much better story, but it's build divers. So shall we go ahead and watch? We are watching episode 20, The Truth. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or YouTube or Funimation. And the show has a plot again, so there's that. Again, I recommend you just listen to us, crack open a nice cold gumpla, and start clipping those pieces off. <laughs> but remember to double cut. They explained that to us last episode. So the episode begins with analysis being complete, and the GM's like, let me see. And memory resource damage is high, and going higher. Cut the build diver's boat, where they are- Welcoming having... Nanami to the group. They have her welcome party complete with noisemakers. Her outfit looks so out of place next to theirs. She's so extra, and they're all so reserved. I kind of love that, though. It honestly still feels like she had some kind of special coins to spend on her character avatar, whereas, like, especially Riku and Yuki don't seem like they had anything available for character creation. What are you talking about? Yuki has that fanny pack? Riku has a swimsuit <laughs> with a hoodie. He's not wearing it, but he has it. Nanami just signed up during a promotional event, and so got a bunch of, like, extra avatar items. Anyway, Yuki's like, man... What a stunning turn of events this is. But this game is great and the answer to all of man's sins. So of course Nanami would join. <laughs> I like how part of her reasoning is like, well, I'm a poster girl now, so I can't very well not play. Don't, I don't necessarily think that's the only thing. It's like, I'm just giving you a reason because 
Nanami, unlike everybody else on the force besides Momo, is very outgoing. And Nanami's like, is this too frivolous a reason to decide to play a video game? Yuki asks Nanami about her gun plan. She's like, I'm thinking of building one. I have ideas. <laughs> My brother will help me. I like his reaction. Of, I, I guess. I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of this. So, yeah. Also, he's going to build one for Sarah. Because remember at the beginning where his one condition was, I won't build Gumpla for you? I'm his sister. That's right out. <laughs> She is his sister, so I could fully understand her having the familial ability to leverage against him to get him to help. And he does, and she does say help help her, not build it for her. So well, she says help her. She says she's also going to get one for Sarah. Do you think Nanami's building Sarah a gumpla? Probably not. Although I do feel like everybody in the group would probably help build one for Sarah. I was going to say she could just get her a bear guy or a petite guy, something that takes like five minutes to put together. Fair. She would look great in a petite guy. Anyway, the build divers are like, yay, no conflict. That's my favorite. And Nanami's like, I have a favor to ask you all. And you just said no conflict, so you have to say yes. <laughs> and for some reason, that's important enough to drop the cliffhanger over the opening on. I mean, it's semi-intriguing, right? It's the most intriguing thing said thus far in this sequence. Yeah, I need a favor. It, what it is, ultimately, <laughs> is not worth the wait, but... Especially because the given the episode itself, it's just kind of here. Uh, so we cut back, and conveniently, Riku is repeating what she just said, like a good Riku, where she's like, you all gave me my own room, but it is boring and simple right now because I spent all my starter coins on this bizarre <laughs> outfit. So I want you guys to help me get a bunch of cute accessories and do missions. Remember missions when we used to do those in this series? So the favor that Nanami wants from them is to just help her go through a list of missions to get cute accessories to make her room interesting. Like me in an MMO, she has made a spreadsheet of all the things she needs and all the dungeons and quests she needs to do. <laughs> so Momo is like, let's do it. And Riku's like, yeah, this is a video game. We should uh, have some fun before the matching battle. And she's like, matching battle? And they're like, yeah, it's like a tournament. It's going to be cool. It's like that tournament that we did last time uh, against uh, Tiger Wolf, but this one's official. And it's before the raid battle, so they can test their skills. And Yuki's like, but I'm still not allowed to be a main character. Riku hasn't let me yet. I like, <laughs> okay, the way their faces look in that scene, like Yuki's got this like smile. And I'm still working on my gunplay. <laughs> Like, he starts saying that, and Riku looks at him like, you bitch, you better say it, right? Exactly. So Nanami's like, oh, you might have to have inner party conflict? And Momo's like, yeah, maybe. And Ayami's like, I don't know. That sounds like it would be awfully interesting. I do love that She's like, please go easy on me. I, I do like that, too. Like, he's like, I think you guys might want to go easy on me. I'm the tactician. I'm not a frontliner. See, I read that as him just being humble, because that's very much his personality. That is also very much his personality, but at the same time, he kind of is the group's tactician. But the Nanami's like, you're the oldest one here, do better. Hey, I know for a fact it wouldn't be being cowardly to acknowledge that my juniors are better at a game than me. And Sarah's like, ah, this is the best, GBN is the best, we should all buy all the playsets and toys. And Riku's like, good idea, but first, let's go do a bunch of missions for Nanami. To get legendary pieces of furniture. Look, aesthetics are important in MMOs. Meanwhile, cut to cyberspace, where the GM is requesting another meeting with the champ. You know, the thing he doesn't do? Talking to players? It's cyber cyberspace. Ah, uh, I didn't even <laughs> consider that, but it's definitely double cyberspace. If you die in double cyberspace, you die in cyberspace. And incur a minor penalty. So is like, yeah, is this about the bugs that have been occurring lately? You know, the ones that have done all the bad things the last couple of episodes, like, I think, made lightning once, and made a mission Yuki and Doji were doing harder, but they didn't notice. 
So there was really no tension to it at all? What have you learned about this serious situation? So they found that the bugs weren't brake decals, there were something else by analyzing the race, but they don't know by what. And if they don't act, it'll pose an even greater threat than brake decals. We know this because, um, well, the sky hasn't opened up yet. Things don't seem near as bad, if we're being honest, right? Like some lightning happened. Yeah, I mean, that's really been it. Some lightning happened. Yeah, it did destroy the things for the race, but other than that, like, it doesn't seem like anything's coming apart at the seams. The Cthulhu Gundam hasn't attacked anyone, unlike last time. Maybe the GM just got a lot of flack for letting the brake decals get so bad without doing anything about it last time, so now he's trying to be more proactive. Fair. That would explain a lot of my questions this episode. Anyway, he's like, we did some data and found there's a high probability that one of the race participants is involved with the outbreaks. And Keo's like, that can't be. GBN is the best and everybody loves it and no one would portray it. I thought about that and I was like, geez, like, if you're going to look at everybody, because what they really mean is one of the characters that we've had a name for must have been the cause, because at the beginning of that race, there are a ton of people. Although we do see them sending their creepy sentry drones after everyone. Except for all the people that didn't have names. What he's basically saying there, because you, like I said, when you looked at the beginning of it, there was just an ocean of people. So what that basically translates to is one of half of the population of our game must be the cause. Well, when you have an infinite number of sentry robots, that doesn't matter. But you're right. He says participants, so I assume it has to be what... So, and we've got to assume it's less than 50% female divers, right? So you have less than 50% of the population that could have even participated. Although you are right, Zach, it does not narrow down things very much. So the GM is like, uh, based on the fact that there was no evidence last time, we think that might be the same this time. You know, correlation and causation and all that. Although wouldn't it be really easy to just go over the footage of the race and have the analysis come up as they do in here with their guard machines and be like, this person has no login information. Yeah, you'd think this would have come up earlier, especially since he explicitly has looked into Sarah before. And she's on people's friends lists. Like, you'd think it would be really easy to go, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. There's no login information for this person. So when they were talking about break decals not affecting the log data, I think what they really mean is that GBN keeps absolutely no records of anything ever, which is why they have such a hard time tracking anything down. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, we're going to attach creepy sentry robots to all these cute women who are on a poster. Can't see how this could possibly go bad. I will admit, there are a couple of shots out of that that made me laugh because of how creepy they are. Yes. One of them is using a tool that could be called, classed as a second brake decal. I want you to be ready because I can't be bothered to do any fucking work. It's like, if we need to launch another attack on a space station, it's going to be your job, Kiyoya. Cut to a montage of the build divers doing a bunch of missions to get rewards. They do some mining, very classic MMO activity. And I know if I was building a Gundam MMO, mining would be <laughs> top of the list of things I would made sure to include. Also, they fight a Gundam ant, because Dragon Quest is also high on the list, which I guess makes sense if you're making a Japanese MMO. Koichi gets a golden apple. They steal some dinosaur eggs. They do a fishing. Don't worry, Tyler. This is the only fishing shot. Yeah, I was much less displeased with this than I could have been. To be fair, fishing has to be included in all MMOs. I'm pretty sure it's a law somewhere. Ayame and Riku play Morrowind. Sarah wins at gambling. She should not be allowed in this casino. I do like how it just starts dispensing all kinds of coins and she ends up like washed away, being washed away before Momo comes to get her. They fight a battleship in a Gundam store. They do the end of Char's counterattack. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? That makes way more sense. And they watch a sunset, their hardest mission yet, and decide to go camping. 
because I guess it's not a school night. And they are making good progress, so they uh, are halfway done. I do like how Koichi's like, dude, you got to play after this because we're doing all this shit for you. Sarah is having fun because GBN. I am he also because it's the best game and you should all buy it and play it. I mean, to be fair, Ayame saying that she's having fun makes sense because she's hanging out with her friends. This is just a meaningless scene, right? I want Gundam build divers, but we cut out every scene of them saying they're having a good time or just <laughs> stating their positive emotions. Like the closest thing to that, number one, I like I said, I got a laugh out of Koichi telling Nanami that she needs to play after this. And there's apparently a missing spot. I, I, I thought I'd missed something because Yuki tells Momoka that he won't lose next time. So it's like, was there some inter-party conflict that they just didn't want to show us? It sure seems that way. I think it's like some mission thing that he did not do well on. But anyway, Riku is distracted because he sees the bracket for his battle. And Patrick Colasar cameo has to fight Ogre in the first round. Bad luck for him. I don't see Yuki on this. I, I think there are multiple brackets. Although maybe Yuki didn't participate because he's not allowed to be a main character. Yeah, Yuki's the only one that's not on here because Riku and Momoka are on the same bracket. So is Koichi. Although nobody on Ogre's Force besides Ogre is on here. I was going to point out also that this is clearly a made up bracket because somehow Momo made it to the quarterfinals. I assume it's a bunch of different brackets. So Yuki might be in another bracket as my Ogre's Force. The matches have not already happened. I think this is how the bracket started. It's just weird because it tears into immediately into semifinals and finals. Momoka's not in quarters, by the way, Tyler. There's one chunk above that. Uh, anyway, Riku, if he wants to face Ogre again, is going to have to get to the finals because they're on opposite sides of the bracket. You know what I also just noticed? Huh. Riku is the only guy that ran out the idea of uh, the cruise control for cool. Yep. Uh, KO1 is all caps as well, but two of those are numbers, I guess. And like honestly, his I kind of give a pass because his is like also the only one that looks like an actual login information. Yeah, everyone else has real ass names. The rest of them are just names. And we all know that's not how that shit works. So Riku is considering Ogre. The subtitles helpfully point out the Patrick Colasar cameo in case you missed it. But then they all hear a mysterious noise. And by that, I mean there's a creeper robot from the Venture <laughs> Brothers just standing out here, shining a spotlight on them. Just standing there staring at them. I kind of love how it's just standing there staring at them. Yeah, I love how for the break decals, there was no evidence. So even when people confessed to it, they couldn't do anything. But here they're sending out creeper sentry robots in front of everybody. Because they have a suspicion. My question is, why are these even necessary? It's a video game. Are these based off of anything? They're gym-ish, but I don't believe so. I'm with you, Tyler. I don't know why you need these in a video game. Like, why does it need to be this obvious? That's why it's so creepy. It's like, we're watching you. Do you understand? We're watching you. Like I said, it's straight out of the fucking Venture Brothers. Ignore me! We go to Ogre's base, and there's one of them just standing in the forest looking up at them. Yeah. I do love that we get the Archangels on the bridge of the Archangel, though. Worth it for that. I do love how the girl in Maru's seat is in Mir's casual wear. No, that she has Mir's accessory. And you know what I hadn't noticed before you paused it? Is that the girl up behind her on the right is wearing Waltfeld's wife's outfit they're all in destiny outfits the bottom left is flay's dress stella Stella is in stella's dress they're all in seed outfits at least because obviously it's very cute i just i love this bridge so much i have so much affection for it 
that just seeing it makes me feel good. I do love how they're all so confused, which is, I mean, that's the appropriate response because there's just this creeper robot staring at them. No, Zach, the appropriate response is aim Lohengrin. <laughs> Godfrey's to 60. Evade. Oh, that'd be perfect. I'm assuming there must be some kind of information that tells you that this is a GM robot. No, because they have to be told later in exposition by someone who knows. Oh, and then there's one who's staring at all the kids in Le Chat Noir, which is even creepier. And then the only person who probably knows what's going on. Yeah. That is my assumption as to why they're standing outside, is that the champ told them that this was coming, so you have to go outside to basically greet it. And they clearly know what it is, because he mentions... It's a guard machine. But they don't know why, so I don't think Kiyoya told them. I think they're just like, we got an intruder, and they're like, it's in the admin. What's going on? Well, Kiyoya might have mentioned that I need you to go outside for a minute, and that's when the thing showed up to identify her. Probably not have told her what it was for, though, because the GM probably told him not to. And then it twinkles out of existence. So can I point out really quick how bonkers it is that it's recognizing all of them by facial recognition of their avatars instead of you know, a player tag or something over their head. Or, like, the player login, inf- like, something behind the, the scene that, like, identifies the character itself. That's how the bird gets away with it. She doesn't have a face, <laughs> so the GM can't recognize her. Anyway, the guard robot then twinkles out of existence, and the lieutenant's like, what the fuck was that about? Well, that's basically what we just start getting from everywhere. Like, Ogre's group, I don't know what's going on. So, Ayame exposits to the build divers that this is a... GM machine that patrols GBN, uh, detecting for anomalies. Sure, it would have been good to have these, I don't know, when there was rampant cheating going on and that was the plot. But there was no evidence, so... I assume that's the reason why Ayame knows about the guard machine, is because the break decal guy, Tsukasa? Palpatine. I believe you mean Palpatine. Yeah, Palpatine told her to be on the lookout for him because they were going to be trouble if they showed up. Do we think his name, Tsukasa, is an homage to the original character who got stuck in a video game? Or is that giving build divers too much credit? Definitely the second thing. That's way too much credit for this show. Who? Sukas is from Dot Hack. Although I guess he's from Dot Hack Sign, and Dot Hack the video games predate that. So <laughs> Nanami has the understatement of the episode when she says it's kind of creepy. And the thing is, like, it identifies them by their facial recognition. And then underneath, it brings up their ID name and their access point. So it's like, why did you use the facial recognition? Isn't that kind of dumb to use that? But then it can't identify Sarah. She doesn't exist. She has no idea. She does have a diver name. She has a diver name and her access server is not found. So it's like, I must destroy. I do not know. Therefore, I must attack. Riku tries to summon his Gumpla to defend, but they're in a peace zone for camping, so they can't take it out. I would also believe that the guard robots would have something programmed into them that would prevent people from getting Gunpla out around them. That doesn't sound nearly dramatic enough, Zach. That seems like a useful feature. So Riku's like, oh, what if you want a Baron then? Tiger Wolf taught me to punch robots. I mean, he kind of did. Sarah's running away, and then she dramatically trips on nothing. You know, the way things always go when it comes to uh, running from a pursuer. So the Gumpla is about to pick her up, but she uses her magic lightning shield. Which starts up the bugs again. Apparently really dramatically this time. Yeah, this time it might actually be a concern. The lobby even goes out. There are tornadoes and shit. Restore the system. Okay, 15 minute rollback. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the immersion breakage of being forced to log out when the server goes down in this game? Oh, jeez. 
Anyway, they're like, it's like the race. No, it's like a brake decal. Sarah has frozen the Gumpla with her force powers and manages to run away before it gets back up to chase her again. A tree falls in front of her. She keeps her feet after the tree like crashes like 10 feet in front of her, but not when she's running away through a grassy field. This is why nobody likes Super Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> but then the voice of God tells Sarah to calm down and flies down and digivolves into Phenomon. Is this actually based on anything that we've seen out of any Gundam, or is this a specifically a build divers thing? It wouldn't surprise me if it's an SD Gundam thing, but to my knowledge, it is a build divers thing. Okay, because it's really dumb. Anyway, Phoenix Mon flaps her wings and blows away the guard robot. Yeah, let's keep our Digimon in Digimon and not in our Gundam series. The secret was it was Digimon all along, Zach. No! <laughs> Sarah's the Digidestined. I think what you mean is she's the digital destined. The El Destined, or in Spanish, the The Destined. <laughs> anyway, the phoenix turns back into normal bird mode and is like, it's temporary, but I suppressed the bug and shut down the guard machine. Nice to meet you all. Big fan. Also, I built this place. It was contract work, though. I really should have gotten a royalty deal. I like how it's implied that it's like the sole developer of this entire thing. That's how programming works, right, Tyler? You don't have like yep. one guy to do physics and one guy to do visuals. Well, especially large-scale game design, it's all one guy. Yep, that's how products turn out so consistently. Although, I couldn't sleep last night, and I did spend, like, two hours listening to the Undertale soundtrack, and, like, I'm continuously impressed with Toby Fox, so... Yeah, but lots of that game's uh, work is more baseline than this. Yeah, it's a way simpler project, for sure. For example, it is a one-player game. There are your solo-developed games, like the FNAF series is another one of those, where one dude did everything, but a game on this scale? I guess one guy could potentially do it, but it'd probably take his whole life. And it would be super outdated by the time it came out. It does say GBN's main system, so maybe it's just the like underlying core part. It didn't do any of the visual design or the actual scanner for the gun plus stuff or the login information. Yeah, she just did the part that when hackers get in, that's what they get into. So she brings them to her nest, which is her own personal floor she created. She was at least involved enough that she created her own personal floor in the world that nobody else can access or see, including the game master, because developers are just good hackers. Checks out. They're just hackers whose alignment is lawful good. Yes and no. Mostly we're too lazy to actually care how to hack. So she's like, I've got just enough seating that one of you can't sit down. Please enjoy. No, like Riku could totally sit down. It's just Koichi and Nanami are like, no, kid has to go stand over there because we want this chair to ourselves. I mean, he could also cuddle up with Sarah, but I imagine she's not in the mood right now. So Riku's like, are you actually who you say you are? Because... One person making all of this is a little hard to believe. Yeah, but I'm a phoenix slash god, so I was able to do what I did. And Greek is like, cool, why are you meeting me, the blandest person in existence, in a moment of startling (laughs) self-awareness? And she's like, well, you managed to accidentally trip over the most interesting person in the universe. She's just very quiet, so you didn't notice. Now we get a reaction shot of everybody. And she's like, anyway, you I, you noticed the bug storm, and I'm sure you heard that bugs be happening all the time. And they're like, yeah, sort of. I don't know. It hasn't really affected the story in any meaningful way. So I kind of forgot they were happening. And she's like, well, the cause of those bugs is dramatic ellipses. Sarah. Dun, dun, dun. What a twist. Cue absolute surprise from everyone. I like how Koichi doesn't look surprised at all by this revelation. Koichi just looks tired. That's his secret, Captain. She's like, anyway, she's not a real girl with a physical body. (laughs) She's an AI. 
she was born here in GBN from fragments of data scanned on Gumpler that wasn't used. You know how in Superman 3, the bad guy's plan is to steal all the tenths of a penny that the bank rounds off and put into his account? She's that, but a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> is that seriously the plot of Superman? 3, yes. Of a Superman movie? Yeah. Wow, that's... The sad thing is Superman 3 is one of the better Superman movies. Plot is not the right word. That's the villain's plan. He accidentally creates an evil AI do- to do it, though, which is not exactly the same. But the more I think about it, it is surprisingly close. So we get an explanation of what Jeremy basically just said of how she is just the leftover bits of data. But the developer says that those leftover bits are the emotions that people have for their Gunpla. Therefore, Sarah the Gunpla Lorax is built out of pure love for Gunpla. And checks out. I do want to make fun of this a hell of a lot, and I will. But as a sci-fi idea, I do kind of like it. It is by far the most interesting thing Gundam Build Divers has presented. And I think Mechanical Horse and my biggest frustration with this series is spoilers. The series does not address it at all. Well, that's the problem with an idea like that. If you're not going to actually acknowledge it or use it or explore it, it's kind of like, why bother? Re-Rise will explore it a little bit. She's like, anyway, she's basically potato chips. We weren't trying to make her, but here she is. <laughs> Sarah's a buffer overflow. Oops. Riku's like, oh no, this is a very serious topic, and all I can do is repeat what you just said. It's not helpful to the conversation at all. I'm in way over my head. And she's like, it's okay, I'm an egomaniac. I'm used to talking to an empty room. You know how long it's been since I had anyone here to talk to? (laughs) I do love how she's like, I always knew it was theoretically possible, but you only confirmed her existence just recently. Mostly because I couldn't be asked to go looking for her, so it was only after you guys dealt with the whole break decal thing, and I was like, alright, yeah, I guess I could go check this out. I'd like to imagine that the break decal incident is what brought her back to the game in the first place, because it's kind of implied that she was hands-off for a long time. Yeah, and she was like, but this is actually interesting, so I wanted to watch her. And she's grown up like a real girl real fast. She became a poster girl and everything. And I think that's because she made friends with you and learned how to act like a real girl. But then I started to realize that as she grew, she took up more and more data. She keeps growing exponentially. And it's going to destroy GBN because she's going to take up all the RAM. And Riku is horrified because he can't decide whether or not his friend is more important in the video game. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> but GBN's the best thing does not compute this is a a cautionary tale to never use raw pointers in your code kids yeah especially when that break decal thing happened and she fixed it you know with her waif powers her waifu powers digital (laughs) waif forms only come in two genders female and waif (laughs) (laughs) i was sitting here trying to discount that but then i was like okay where have i where else have i seen that well, there's the issue in sword art, but uh, that's also a female character. Anyway, Sarah fixed all of GBN, so now she is breaking all of GBN. I do love these graphs we have of Sarah's memory. Yeah, I like how it's just labeled Sarah memory. With also the server load. Eventually, she'll grow so big that the world will be destroyed. Soon. I'm not sure that's how that works, but I mean, if they're running on a really low amount of RAM, I guess. I think the idea here is a human being, which she effectively is, takes up more RAM than can be created and used in a system, which I'm willing to buy. No, that's fair. I was going to say this is just a a scenario where Amazon doesn't exist and they can't just, you know, put it on the cloud or space. Yep. Well, you can only distribute so much also, right? Although I know the solution to this problem. And if that is what the problem is, this solution is wild. (laughs) (laughs) okay now i want to know what the solution is the solution is wild already but i love it we'll get to it 
See, for the first time ever, Zach, you want to watch more Bill Divers and learn something about it. Only because of what you said. This is the gift I have given you. It's all your fault, Jeremy. Yes, it's entirely my fault that we're watching this. I know, Zach. I live with that every day. <laughs> anyway, she's like, so because I'm Japanese and want to be dramatic, an entity that creates bugs suppressing the uh, break decals. That is what Sarah is. She'll eventually destroy GBN. As you can tell, I'm not a great supportive mom. And now the administration knows about her because that big machine saw And they'll probably create an update patch to destroy her. Because that was going to work so well against the brake decals. <laughs> right, this is apparently a thing they could just do, I guess. How is a great question, I suppose, but what I'm willing to give the show. Yeah. I imagine you just find the Sarah bit and hit delete, right? Because what they say is that <laughs> all of her personality data will have to be destroyed. Maul is not amused. Her personality will be deleted, and that means she'll cease to exist. And she'll Riku's like, die. I don't see a problem with that. People don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeremy, she'll die without a personality. Riku's like, mm, don't know that that checks out, actually. And Riku's like, I don't believe it, but all I can do is repeat what you just said. It's so frustrating. And she finishes her <laughs> explanation, and Riku's first thing that he says is, she's an electronic life form? literally been talking about that gbn will come to an end have you not been listening zach all he can do is repeat what's already been said it is his curse in this moment i feel sorry for this poor boy everyone looks shocked at his exclamation there and i like to believe the reason for that is they're like really riku this is the most insightful thing you could say right now well i mean if riku had more personality i could also believe it's one of those things where honestly if someone were to tell me this person isn't real i'd in a person I've been hanging out with and interacting with on a regular basis, I'd probably be on the same side of, you gotta be kidding me. That AI is not a thing. Deep fakes, they scary. Alternatively, rad. Well, like my best friend Joe. He always tells me everything's fine. <laughs> Let's not tell him, Tyler. So Phoenix Mom is like, okay, ask her then. Hey, Sarah, where were you born? Where do you log into? What's your real name and age? ASL. And she's like, oh, that's highly personal details. And my mom told me not to tell anyone. And she's like, yeah, but I am your mom. And, and Cheryl's like, oh, got me there. Sorry, I, I've been lying to you all. I mean, it just seemed really awkward to tell you all that whenever you're like, hey, the real world, I was just smiling and nodding and being like, yeah, the real world, the thing I also know about, it. <laughs> which is also wild to consider, although honestly pretty believable. Although she never actually lied to them because nobody ever asked. Yes, it's true. And she's like, yeah, I thought you'd all think I was weird and hate me. To be fair, she is weird. Have you looked at the people you're hanging around with? Weird is par for the course. I don't think so. I think they are too bland to be weird. That's Riku. Everybody else is weird. Ayame is running around role-playing as a ninja. I mean, that's pretty rad. Don't lie, you would do that. Jeremy, did I ever say I wasn't no, weird? No, everybody is weird. That's the moral of the story. But most people are not actually digital consciousnesses that never log out and don't know what the real world is. But Phoenix Mom rightly points out, yeah, this isn't your fault. You were literally born this way, and I want to help you, so I did a variety of simulations. But I have absolutely no idea. I thought, hey, what if I put you on a floppy disk? <laughs> but it won't work. God, how many floppy disks do you think it would take to manage GBN? No, I thought you were going to say Sarah, and I was imagining a Sarah-shaped mech just filled with uh, floppy disk slots. That would be pretty <laughs> funny, too. And she's like, but even if I could transfer you, which I can't, uh, there's the risk of damaging your personality data. Also, I'm the smartest person ever when it comes to GBN, so no one can surpass me in knowing this, and I don't see the solution. There isn't any other character who hasn't shown up for a while that might be able to figure this out. And Koichi's like, why are you telling us this? Like, I don't know, you've done 
You've you've pulled off a lot of bullshit since you showed up. I was hoping maybe you could do it again. Also, Sarah is your friend. Well, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. She's stumped. She knows they are going to want to save Sarah. So you got to reach out and try and find a way to do it if you want to help someone. Sometimes you have to outsource that shit. She's like, I don't know, Koichi seems smart, and Nayame seems resourceful. The rest of you were at least good enough to find them. Momo seems Genki. I feel like some Genki can help this situation. Sarah's <laughs> going to need that with how depressed she clearly is about this. Cut back to double cyberspace, where Kyoya is also repeating what was just said to him, uh, which is the same thing that was just said to Riku. And he's like, that's ridiculous. Sarah's an electronic light form. And the GM is like, yes, since we're super into acronyms here, we've decided to call her an L-diver. Or, you know, since there's only one of her, you could just try calling her Sarah? Spoilers for Re-Rise. No, there's not. Uh, but they don't know that. <laughs> and, okay, so now we uh, now we can really understand why Riku idolizes the champ. It's because he's got the same curse. Well, the champ <laughs> used to be a main character. Sometimes he slips back into it when something really shocking comes up. And the GM's like, I couldn't believe it either, but it is true. So I looked at the data a bunch, and it kept saying, she not real, bro. So we've created an artificial life form. Better delete that shit. Yeah, the logical conclusion is not to do anything with that and just pretend it didn't happen. Again, is scarily realistic to me. Like, this is exactly how I reacted the first time watching it, too. But the more, like, fridge logic time this has spent in me, I'm like, yeah, this is what would happen. It's not what should happen. This is potentially way more valuable than an MMO. But it disrupts normal business, and the stockholders won't like it. I can definitely see it. My knee-jerk reaction is definitely, you're going to delete, like, the one of the biggest finds of the century because it's inconvenient. And then I'll be like, yeah, that sounds human. No, Zach, because it's interrupting making money. I do feel like I would I would have loved a boardroom scene where the GM is like, well, this is what's going on, uh, so here's what we can do. And they're all like, delete, 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 delete. They're a bunch of Daleks. You have like the GM <laughs> being like, look at how this is awesome, like this happened, and everyone being like, but how will it affect our bottom line? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll probably have to take the servers offline for like two weeks while we figure something out. Delete it. What? It's going to interrupt our bottom line. What I really just want now is the Sele room from Evangelion. With Gendo presenting it, and then at the end he just smirks. <laughs> I feel like the solution here is you just make a backup of the server, and then have a spinoff company. Hey, we have the Sarah, we can do something with this. And that still creates stakes, right? Because she would be inaccessible to the build divers, right? It would be more of a kidnapping story than a weird murder story, but it's still stakes. And again, because it's in a video game, the stakes are kind of weird for the rest of the main characters. But this at least establishes Sarah's life is genuinely at stake, which is more than we've ever yes. had. At the moment, it seems to be Sarah's life versus the video game. But if the video game dies, Sarah probably goes with it. Yeah, that's also an interesting thing that could have been brought up, right? As if, if they do nothing, she will also explode like a brain hemorrhage. Yeah, I don't think they thought of that. They wanted to set it up basically as either or. Whereas the way this actually would work looking at it is either she dies... Or the game goes away and she dies anyway. Yeah. Or she surpasses the system and becomes the playsets and toys. <laughs> <laughs> now I own the copyright. Now I am rich. <laughs> so Kyo is like, ah, oh, threat greater than the break decals. And the GM's like, in a matter of months, GBN is going to collapse. So it seems to me that you have some time to work out a way to fix the problem. At least a little. Uh, but Kiyo's like, so what are the countermeasures? Like, we're creating an update patch in order to eliminate the bug and its origin. And Kiyo's like, that seems a little extreme, bro. And GM's like, ah, oh, she's an L-diver. That's not human. We can murder her. Yeah, he because uh, Kiyo asks, does that mean you're going to delete Sarah? 
and he uses her name and the GM comes back with, we're calling her an L-diver. Yeah, don't worry. This is not dehumanizing or a weirdly dark parallel for some events in real life Gundam build divers is not prepared to discuss. <laughs> anyway, because of that, we can just destroy her. It's fine. She's not real. She's just data. For the sake of our video game. Anyway, I'm the heel now. Won't you join me, Kiyoya? And it cuts away before Kiyoya gives his answer. So cut back to the uh, Bill Divers Force Nest where they've brought Sarah back. I presume like carried her here. And she's like, hey, thanks for supporting me, but I want to be alone. And they're like, yeah, that tracks. I feel more that the developer just dumped him here. That tracks though. And Momo very awkwardly is like, see you later. I really don't know how to handle this situation. I'm 12. After Sarah says she'd like to be alone for a little while. And Nanami's like, hey, maybe this is all an elaborate prank. And they're all like, ew. It doesn't make any sense for it to be just a prank. But I mean, Nanami is one of those people who's trying to find like an upside or a good, or like, you know, a, a silver lining in any case. So, so the Bill Diver's like, so if it's real, what do we do now? See, this is where someone should have brought up that if, G- if GBN collapses, Sarah dies anyway. I don't know. Maybe leak this to the world at large. Seems like a pretty, like a story that could catch fire pretty quick. Oh, you mean like they do at the end of the episode anyway? The administration fucking does? But I meant to like CNN. Like this could catch wildfire, right? Hey, AI is real. It's in a video game. You've heard of because it's the most popular video game. You've probably bought their play sets or toys. And the administration wants to murder it. It seems like you could get a few politicians to condemn them is all I'm saying. Politicians that, to be fair, do not know what they're talking about. But still seems like you could do it. <laughs> so Koichi's like, oh man, they're going to patch it, her out. But Riku's like, well, sh- I'm too shonen to let that happen. And then the best of the build is like, yeah, let's shonen it. And Koichi's like, yeah, but shonen isn't enough sometimes. And Ayami's like, yes, even God Phoenix said she couldn't think of a solution. And Yuki phrases it as a bug is a, like a loophole in the system. And I'm like, nope. no, a bug is just an unintended behavior of a system. It's, as I understand it, it's not a loophole. It can be, but it's usually just an unintended behavior, right, Tyler? Yep. It's usually that your logic's more importantly than you expected to. And the phrasing does seem to strike something with Koichi, who remembers she's like, I thought about putting you on a different hard disk, but it wouldn't work. And Koichi's like, hmm, different hard disk. And Rika's like, do you have an idea? And he's like, oh, no, not for this episode anyway. It's almost over. And then Maggie calls. Well, I mean, I could actually understand that he wouldn't necessarily, because I'm assuming he's going to go talk to Tsukasa about this, because like that is the logical step he's he knows the guy and the guy clearly has some talent with programming and stuff like that. So if I needed to do something, probably knows GBN pretty well. Yeah. He knows GBN. He knows the system. He knows how it works because you'd have to, in order to make the break decals. So maybe he's got an idea, but Riku being a pure shonen protagonist would, it's probably an even odds choice as to whether or not Riku gets offended that he's going to go talk to the guy who almost broke GBN. Yeah, 50% he hates him. 50% he's like, ah, I defeated that guy, right? That means we're friends. Yeah, so rather than worrying about that shit, just go talk to him and then bring it up later. Easier to ask forgiveness and permission. Yeah. Sukasa's never mentioned again. So Maggie calls and is like, hey, I just saw Sarah in the lobby and she looked depressed as fuck. And you guys weren't with her, so it was weird. I feel like she's in the lobby without them all the time because they're not always playing. And she is. Like, I assume that's why she just bumped into Kikoichi that time. I feel like seeing a wild Sarah is not weird. Though she does have a place to sleep now. It's, it's weird that they're online. Like, it, that they're all online and with Sarah also online and none of them are with her. So they go into Sarah's room where she's left on I'm running away note and her necklace. I like how simple her note is. 
Yeah, she's quiet. She's a woman of few words. So they run so they out. charge out into, <laughs> into like... the GM Gestapo. He's like, hello, we and my machine gun friends and giant robots are here for a, for a friendly talk with your waif. Is she here? I know they have guns, but this would be a lot more intimidating if they weren't in, like, teal tank tops. And with their Jordi LaForge visors? <laughs> yes. What's the plan here, right? Because the GM's trying to be friendly. It feels like, since we know the champion's kind of on his side, he could have just sent the champion to ask, right? And he could have had the murder squad in the back instead of coming to the front door with it. He could have asked any number of people. The champion, Tiger Wolf, Shariar, like, but, I mean... You're right. The champion makes the most sense to send to talk to him. Not, we're here to Gestapo intimidate you. Also, we've talked about the stakes a bunch of times. Bunch of dudes with machine guns showing up at your front door. A lot less intimidating in a video game. Although it would make a lot more sense if they locked out the zone and then showed up. But I don't think it's implied they did that. Which is, like, dude, you are the GM. You don't need a squad of dudes with guns. I feel like this game lacks a lot of administrative tools that would be useful in scenarios like this, so maybe they do need a lot of dudes with guns. GM pops in and says, yo, I need to talk to your wafer, I'm deleting your accounts. Go. I love how before they're like, up, oh, stay a confess, but there was no evidence, so we can't do anything. Sarah is a bug, send the machine guns. <laughs> but he has to be polite. He introduces himself. Hello, I am Game Master, the supervisor for the administration. Is your friend Sarah here? I would like to talk to your friend Sarah. And they do start to take fighting poses as the DM scans her necklace and letter and is immediately like, target's on the run. Get Michael Fassbender. We got to get these Jews. And then they just leave without saying anything. Yeah. You know, subtle. That's a good way to get people on your side to help, right? It's on the run. Go after it. Why do you need to catch it if you're just going to delete it with an update patch? Why do you care? Great question. Can't she, you just literally patch her out? Do you need to, like, set her before a firing squad? Where the stockholder's like, ugh, <laughs> it'll look bad if we just murder her without a trial. So we have to put her on trial for all she's done, accuse her, get a conviction, and then delete her. So is the update patch just the firing squad? Is that just the euphemism he's using for it? Cut the very sad mall and Sarah in the forest of what appears to be their island. But she was in the lobby, so it must be somewhere else. Very sadly running away. My guess was that it was the forest where they were going after in like episode two. Yeah. Where they found the flowers. Yeah. The credits start, but we have stuff playing over. Cut to the lobby where the GM is giving an announcement to everybody. It's like, hey, regarding the bugs, don't worry, guys. We've determined the cause. We're being more transparent after that whole break decal thing. We're explaining what's going on. Anyway, the bug's name is Sarah. She, I love how they found this, like, super cute, would-not-harm-a-fly picture of her. They should have at least, like, I don't know, put an eye patch on her, given her angry eyes. <laughs> I, I, I do love how she's so, she looks so adorable, and then you look at the thing on the side where it's Eldiver danger, Sarah. do not Seeking approach. danger, don't approach. Armed and dangerous. At least, like, put a machine gun in her hands. Or at least behind her, or like a gunpla or something next to her. Oh, I was going to say, like, Grumpy Maul in the background. Just <laughs> Or get, like, Nega Sarah from that... <laughs> Tiger Wolf's like, hmm, as his uh, whole squad is watching. Shariar's like, huh? And he's like, she's not real. She's just an Eldiver, an electronic life form. Uh, so do not feel bad about her. She is not a human. Uh, we cannot allow her to exist. It will threaten the master race. All the people that he keeps flashing to are like, I know that person. If you see her, do not approach. Contact us. Do not worry. We're working on an update patch. The champ is 
brooding in his dark study. So maybe the idea is the patch isn't done yet, so they want to try to contain her in the meantime? That's kind of what I thought was the real reason. That does make some sense. Uh, That's my no prize answer. I love the Phoenix's video game monitor room. Uh, Veda Zero Alice feels like it should mean something. And they're like, yeah, do not approach her. Contact us immediately. I repeat, her name is Sarah. She is extremely dangerous. Look at how dangerous this cute girl is. It's absolutely terrifying. She's like 10. Watch out. Huh. Yonder is Sarah. Well, the <laughs> chat has already decided I'm into Sarah, so I'm into that. And that's the end of the episode. A plot happened. That's new and exciting. Yeah. Yep. I'm like mildly interested to see how this is resolved. I could take it or leave it. This would be like an okay, like third or fourth episode. I'm more curious as to how it gets resolved because of how dumb this is. Like, it's not because it's a super interesting method of how they're doing this. It's just like, this This now feels like it's conflict for the sake of it. Which, to be fair, we've needed actual conflict for a while now. The first time I watched this, I got super excited about this. Because, like I said, this is an interesting sci-fi mechanic for this show to grapple with. Like Zach pointed out, suddenly there is conflict between do I save my friend or do I save this video game that has caused world peace and ended world hunger. <laughs> which is an interesting dynamic. If I didn't know how it ended, I would be pretty excited about it. And there are some okay things along the way. Certainly, it's more exciting the first plot of Vaguely Bugs, and it solves some of the stakes problems. There are still some, like I said, that showing up with machine guns is a lot less intimidating And you remember, hey, this is a video game. If they get shot with machine guns, they suffer a small penalty. Unless they're banned machine guns, and if you get shot with one of them, your account is banned. Yeah, the phrase banned machine gun literally popped up into my head right before you started speaking. I was going to say, that's also the only way they can ban people in this game, because again, no administrative tools. So they actually have to hunt you down and shoot you in the game in order to ban you. And you can summon your Gumpla and block machine gun fire. There's no Gumpla ban cannon. Exactly. A band cannon. Once the big band is mass produced, we'll put an end to build divers <laughs> in no time. <laughs> Do you have a high point, Tyler? Oh boy. I'm actually going to say how in character Sarah's I'm running away note is. I found that like a remarkably good detail. Zach? It's super dumb, but I actually kind of like that very brief sequence where all the guard robots are being creepers after everybody who is in the race. I want to take a serious one about how this has actual stakes and it's kind of exciting and we don't know where the champion lies or where all the other characters who saw this uh, information lie at this point. But I'm going to go see the bridge of the Archangel with the Archangels on it. (laughs) Made me very happy. That's just because it's been so long since you had your fix. Tyler, do you have a low point? I was trying to think of one and I'm having trouble coming up with something specific, but I guess maybe like how incredibly obvious this plot twist is. I mean, is it obvious, though? Like, because obviously something's up with Sarah, right? Oh, it seemed pretty obvious to me the entire time that she is a waif born of the game world. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I knew there was going to be something around Sarah because all of those bugs kept happening when she was doing something. It was entirely unsurprising that Mysterious Waif is, in fact, a digital Mysterious Waif. So. Do you have a low point, Zach? I, I think, at least for now, I think I have to go with the fact that no one seems to have put two and two together that their options are delete Sarah or delete GBN, and Sarah dies anyway. The stakes do exist, but as it stands, no one has brought up the more important aspect of, like, right now they don't really have a winning hand. 
Yeah. And that is the tone, so which is why I don't really have any problem with that. But I understand what you're saying. The problem is that that adds a lot of credence to the D- GM's plan, right? If the GM can outline that thing of, look, either way she dies, this way we save the game, he's in a lot more reasonable position. And we can't have that. That's the problem I have. Like, I actually like it when they make the when the bad guys get made out to be not just like i am the bad guy like they, they need to have something about them that makes them reasonable or like you you could understand why are they doing this like i understand but like you i think it's what you've said the no prize thing it's i'm inserting that onto the game onto the series but they haven't said it yeah and i think build divers is trying to do that for its climax it just is so adverse to interpersonal conflict that it can't even do that without doing it half step. Mine is going to be, hey, we accidentally created digital life. Kill it. Kill it before it becomes Skynet. <laughs> that is a point. But occasionally when I watch stuff on Crunchyroll, I scroll down to the comments and that's where I found the one that I quoted earlier. That was my first thought too of, oh man, we first created artificial life. Kill it with fire. It's a cute girl. Get it out of here before it ends human reproduction. I mean, when you put it that way, it seems a lot more plausible. All right. Any other final thoughts for this episode? A lot more interesting, at least, than previous ones. I kind of wish that we'd gotten a little bit more earlier on, because this is like a 24-episode series, right? I believe it's 25. Okay, so we have five episodes left to resolve this thing. So I feel like it's either going to get feel like it's been dragged out way too much and then everything's going to happen right at the end or it's just going to feel rushed all the way through to be fair i think five episodes is a lot of time like i was talking about destiny this uh episode destiny would have loved to have five episodes to finish on it could have accomplished so much destiny had 50 episodes to end on and they squandered all their time fair counterpoint not directly related but i was looking up some more comments on this particular episode and i think my favorite is Sarah not knowing what real life is. Oh, she's just a diehard WoW player. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, join us next week when we will be watching episode 21, Your Feelings. Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai? I guess Isekai, if if Dot Hack is Isekai, which kind of, then this is Isekai. I think Dot Hack and uh, Sword Art Online are kind of described as proto Isekai. Which is super weird because Alice in Wonderland is the first Isekai, and that happened over 100 years before (laughs) this. But also, I understand. Alice in Wonderland wasn't popular, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no one 100 years later had heard of that. Walt Disney, who's that? Never heard of him. Jabberwocky, that isn't in D&D. Uh, Zach, Gundam or Isekai? I think I have to go with Isekai. We've got a mysterious waif who's part of the who's been birthed by the video game. They're all playing. Yeah, that uh that that's something I've seen before in other proto Isekai-ish shows. Oh, what if Sarah died and was reincarnated into the world of GBN? What if there's a whole like beginning episode for her plot that we didn't even get to see? Yeah, what if this is actually tragic? Like she was run over by a car, but she had a gumpla and her brother scanned it, and that's where all the data came from. That actually sounds like a far more interesting story. I want to spoiler some stuff that happens in Rerise, but I can't do it without spoiling <laughs> the end of Bill Divers. So maybe afterwards we'll talk about it. Yeah, because there's no way I'm going to watch Rerise. Oh, no. After this nonsense. It's so much better, but that's to say that Bill Divers is a 1 out of 10 and Rerise is a 2 out of 10. It's twice as good. That said, if we got enough but, money on our Patreon, yeah. I would advocate <laughs> look, for look, it. Look, you, you want us to watch uh, Bill Divers? I, I can set a goal for that right now. $100 sounds good. We're at 44 Uh Anyway, join us next week when we will be watching episode 21, Your Feelings. Your feelings on the episode should be five stars in the iTunes store. Bye!